Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's your boy, Half to the Hope. We do the podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, SoundCloud, all the Talking Tactics. We're on Spotify, so give us a follow. We're on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review, and we will read it on the show. We did get one this week that I want to read from Boston. Uh, wonderful pod from Helen John. Talking Tactics is, a, is great as a listener from Boston, USA. It's like having a football conversation with my friends. It's got everything, wit, stats, and some good conversation. Much better than that Sky Sports rubbish. All right. Okay. Okay, sir. Or ma'am, Helen, John. Oh, yeah, 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 John Helen. Same, so, so is it, how's the Helen spelled? H-E-L-E-N. Yeah, well, yeah so it has to be. It, I've never had a guy called Helen or, before. But it could be John Helen, and he goes like, but either way. Um, thank so, yeah, you, thank Helen, you. John, ma'am. John, yeah, Helen, Helen, John. Thank you for five-star review. And, uh, yeah, thank you to everybody that's left one. And well. if you want to help us out monetarily, not just leave a review or a like or whatever you have. Um, if you want to put something in the offering plate, take it to church. How much do you normally put in the offering plates? Good question. I haven't been, I haven't offered in a long time. Ooh, so the horns are growing. The horns are growing. I've, see, my dad would always give me the money to put in the plate, like when I was mm. a kid. So he'd give you like, you know, the little $1, $2 and you put it in the plate. And I would always think like, okay, so what if I just took five bucks? What would happen? <laughs> <laughs> but but no, if you want to help us out, there is a Patreon. Link is in the description. So I encourage everybody to sign up, join $3 a month. You get Talking Tactics Extra. When I get a video game system, I don't currently have a next-gen one. But mm. when I get one, the FIFA thing will start back. So it's really hey. hard to find a PlayStation, by the way. What's well, PS5? Yeah! I'm not going to spend, what, 200 bucks on a PS4. When I could just save the money and just hopefully get a PS5. But these things are impossible to find, bro. Wait, can you tell me a good reason to get a PS5 apart from just boasting that you have a new console? If you don't have a PlayStation 4, do you think it's worth it to get one? Wait, see, okay, yeah, that's the thing. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, okay, yeah, I mean, I suppose. If, like, if, if, have if, if you have a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation 4 Pro, I don't see the real point to get it unless you know, yeah, the no games point. actually match what it is. If yeah. you don't have one like me... Why would I spend the 200 250 mm-hmm. when I could just wait and hopefully get one? But, you know, so that's that's my logic. Other people's logic is just a stunt, which, you know, th- how hard these things are to find. I would stunt if I got one. Yeah. I would actually take a picture and put it on, you know, Twitter or whatever. All right. Let us commence the podcast. Spurs United. It's how like, do we do this? I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no Like, it's you see. Here's my... Th- okay, okay, can I, can, I, can I just start? This whole podcast is like a slow realization that, okay, I think everybody was right. 
<laughs> no, but but here's my thing. You see, I have been abused and insulted online for, for um my yeah for yeah for a long time. I've been using for my for my views about I blame Venga. Venga, you made this whole top four thing sexy, and it shouldn't be. The race for top four shouldn't be a thing. That's a loser's race. Because a league is a competition about who can win this title. If you don't, you've ultimately failed. Now, of course, if you're a small team and you get fourth or fifth, that's a great thing. But if you're Liverpool, United, Tottenham, and you fail to win the league, you failed. Coming top four is not a, it's not deemed a success. So when I look at this game, and this is this is this is my issue with like the league these 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 days. During these days, the league is is normally over quite early, unless you have like a two-horse race, which we had with um, Liverpool and Man City for the for two seasons, more or less. Well, one, really. no one. Sorry, one, one. Yeah. How can you get me to be excited about a match between two sides who are trying to race to come second or third? The narratives are more compelling than the actual table. In La Liga, you would have both because mm. there's invariably a title race. And there's always narratives given Barca, Madrid, Atletico, whatever. And the Premier League is totally narrative-driven because by the time you reach 30, not even 30, 25 games, uh, 30 games, 35 games, it's a fait accompli. Like, we know who's going to win more time than not. I mean, I don't know how far back we can go. It would have to be probably the 2012 season, you know, Aguero, that Mm. season between City and United. But then 13, United won that one easily 14 i think city had to come back and win that one yeah 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 sorry yeah that was the liverpool flop 15 chelsea won it easily 16 leicester but leicester eventually i think they won it by 10 points yeah yeah like eventually they they i mean tottenham pushed them a little bit right but then they sort of and then we have the centurion season was that 17 centurion might have been 18. so who won it in 17. chelsea Chelsea won it in 17, yes, because Chelsea, yes. Yeah, that was Conte season. That, Conte. Was a, that was a cakewalk. They won 30 games or something. Yeah, yeah. And then we get Centurions. 18. Then, then we get a title race, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then Liverpool won it by 19 points. So there's been, in the past decade, three compelling title races out of 10. That's not good. So and, For the and, most and, competitive league in the world. And, and, and here's which the Which I guess thing. is where you're going. Because you see, see people... For me, see, I come at this from a football point of view, from a very holistic football point of view. People come at it from a club point of view. I only care about my club, and I really wanted to see my club. So I am here about my club wins. Yeah, my club loses. Oh, my club wins, lose, wins. So I am just unbred about my club. And something like United and, and Tottenham, the sell for that is... The history of United, the history of Tottenham, the history of both clubs, Mourinho. the the Mourinho, Sox, yeah. and everything—that's the sell narrative for me. Yeah, like it's a cool narrative, but the narrative isn't as sexy as Zidane three peats, um, what Pep could potentially do ten in a row. Like for me, the, so that narrative is steeped in English history, <laughs> and and this is what I because again from somebody who lives in England went to school in England and so forth, people can be very close-minded when it comes to everything about the Premier League because England and English people are brilliant. They are extremely um, um, smart in selling you this myth that they are great. 
and making you believe that they are that's that's what they sell you is the sensor of everything. And my thing about it is that when you look at this Man United and Tottenham, both first of all, both of these sides are in the Europa League. One of these sides um is already knocked out of the Europa League. So I don't know, and another of this side should win this Europa League, but let's see how how, how that ends up. So I think that if you're a Man United fan, you still believe United is great and everything that United do does is a big deal. Me as a football fan, in 2021, Man United are not relevant in 2021 on an elite scale. They'll, they're still one of the biggest brands in football. If we're talking business off the ball, they're still one of the biggest brands. So if, if we want to just talk off the pitch stuff, well, Man United is one of the most relevant clubs in the world. But if we want to talk about who are the elites, the very best, the top of the top, the creme de la creme. These both sides are not in this conversation. So when we look at this game, this game shows me some, some things. It shows me that Sokshe has steadied the, the ship. It shows me that Cavani is still a very good striker and was and I knew it was going to be a good signing. This shows me that I knew the Mourinho thing was going to fail. But it's 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 sad and depressing to see just how badly it's failing. But again, it's 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 not it's, it's so people are like oh my God, we're not, we're just, yeah I, I I knew this I t- I could have told you this before he signed that yes this was not going to work. So people being shocked and <laughs> I'm like yeah I know this. We both I think we even both said that yeah it's not going to work. <laughs> so and I, also, and, I said and, and I also, wanted it to work. Harry Kane, you have a choice to make here. Either you're either you be a nice guy, or you be a kid. If you're a nice guy, you know you're never leaving Tottenham because Liverpool will never allow you to leave Tottenham. If you're a kid, you have a chance to 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 leave and join a club and actually win some trophies. Because if you don't leave Tottenham, you will never win a major trophy, and all and you'll be forgotten. I remember that I just a stats partner who who never won anything. We do have a question on VAR. Have the Premier League slash slash FA implemented VAR incorrectly? We only see one incident a month from La Liga, Bundesliga, and Serie A, where we have two to four incidents per week in the Premier League. Are there any differences you guys can tell? The Premier League were messing up last season where the referee, who is refereeing the game, can't take his ass over to the freaking screen yeah. and look. You're just hoping that, oh, the guys in, in the booth, they're right. But no, referee, how referee A sees a foul is not the same way that a referee B will see a foul. So my thing is that it's the issue is not VAR. The issue is the referee. The VAR is just a machine. So the issue that they had last year was every, La Liga, Bundesliga, Syria, that referee, if he sees something, he is going to walk and he's going to view it on the screen and make the decision after viewing it on, on the screen. Premier League thought that they were being clever and said, no, no, no. I'm just going to just take the word of a guy in a booth, not even meet the guy refereeing the, the, the game. So now they're actually walking over to the screen to view it. But the issue is you're still making bad decisions when you're walking over to the screen. So it's not a VR issue, it's still a refereeing issue that you're showing this in slow motion in different angles and you're coming up with a bomb-ass decision. So. The referee should have to go to the monitor on all subjective calls. Which means if it's a foul, that foul should be left to the interpretation of the referee. If it's a yellow card or a red card, you immediately go to the monitor. The guy in the booth shouldn't really have anything to say about that. 
if we're talking black and white things, was the uh, was the goalkeeper's foot off the line in a penalty? What else could there be? Offside is kind of offside is black and white for now. Although yeah. I, I although I do think there's a slight gray area where it says level is onside, but that's not an argument that we need to get into. And also, today. don't use pubic hair to being offside. So, <laughs> but those kind of black and white things, you don't need to go to the monitor for that. Those should be fairly instant. And I, I guess maybe it's the implementation in Champions League where, like, maybe they, their referees are just a little bit more snappy and they know what they're doing. And obviously, I think in the Champions League, these are the best referees available. So they get the best oh, yeah. referees from yeah. Italy, the best from England, the best from Spain, the best from wherever. Well, apart from the one in, this, in the City Dortmund game, though. I don't okay. know who the referee was. Um, so. You know, the best, the best guy from trash. Turkey is now officiating, or the best crew, rather. In England, if you're watching Liverpool against Aston Villa, the best people aren't necessarily on that game. That might be the third or fourth best crew that they have. So maybe that's something we have to add in there too. But yeah, if it's subjective, go to the monitor, especially if it's serious. Did you see Mourinho's quote? <laughs> it's about Son so, and Solskjaer. So okay, I think Son went down and the goal was ruled off. Then Solskjaer said he wouldn't feed his son. <laughs> No pun intended. Or maybe there was. I'm not sure. Yeah. But he, he wouldn't feed his son if he dived like that. Then Mourinho said he's disappointed in Solskjaer and he's glad that Solskjaer isn't son's father. <laughs> <laughs> because if a, if, if a child is hungry, a, a father will do anything to feed their family. <laughs> if they have to steal, they'll steal. And then he, Word is a legend, he, he man. This, the guy's a legend. He, he said... How could you hate this man? He said, as we say in Portugal... Bread is bread and cheese is cheese. <laughs> I was like, what? What does that mean? Bread is bread, word. cheese is cheese. I was like, what does this mean? So I so I looked I looked it up and bread is in Portugal, bread is bread, cheese is cheese. I don't know how to pronounce the words, but it's like pow pow. Uh it's one word that starts with a Q that I can't pronounce. And it basically means you call a spade a spade. So oh, yeah. it's the Portuguese version of call a spade a spade, spade, spade which yeah. I don't want to know. The origin of call a spade a spade. Oh, probably racist. Actually, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it probably is. I'm not gonna look it up, but you know, anyway. Um, so that's what I bread will. is bread, cheese is cheese means in Portugal, which that that makes more sense than call a spade a spade. Although it's like, why did you pick those two things? But I guess he's just calling it. Just call it for what it is. So that's what Mourinho's saying. But <sighs> our boy's under pressure, man. People are rejoicing. It's like a New Orleans funeral. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, but why do people what? <laughs> Okay, this is also funny. <laughs> I typed in in Google, call a spade a spade origin. Guess what the first result is? I have no idea. From NPR, is it racist to call a spade a spade? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to Google because I thought it would go there. And I was like, I don't... not today. Not today, Daniel. But hey, is it? Click the article, man. Let's let's learn. Okay, man. Let's, let's go. Since we are here, man, and, and this is what we do on Talking Tactics Extra, which drops every week, apparently. <laughs> we, you know what? On, on Extra, we need to do like idiom slash proverb deep dives. There's the, one in my head that I want to know how it existed, but I can't say it. Well, case in point, the expression to call a spade a spade. For almost half a millennium, the phrase has served as a demand to tell it like it is. It is only in the past century that the phrase began to acquire a negative racial overtone. Hmm. Historians trace the origin of the expression of the Greek phrase to call a fig a fig and a trough a trough. Exactly who was the first author of to call a trough a trough is lost to history. 
Okay. So into, it's, bit, it's bit of enter the English language where Nicholas Udall translated Erasmus in 1542. Famous authors who have used it in their works include Charles Dickens. But to be clear, the spade in the Erasmus translation has nothing to do with a deck of cards, but rather the gardening tool. In fact, one form of expression that emerged later was to call a spade a bloody shovel. The early usages of the word spade did not refer to either race or skin color. Okay. Ah, you see... Because when you call black people a spade, I think that refers to because the spade in a deck of cards yeah, 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 is yeah, yeah, black. So, yeah. So, okay. why not, so, so, why, so why not call them clubs? Spade just sounds like a better word to call somebody <laughs> I think, than a club. <laughs> so, there you go. A little history lesson. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, all right. But no, they're, they're, they're coming after our guy, man. It's harder to defend Mourinho by the day. No, but, but, but my thing is that why... Why are people shocked? And we knew this was going to happen. And why do people revel in this guy's failure? Are people this sad? <laughs> you have Chelsea fans who are mad that he's with Spurs. So that's the, there's that. You have basically 90, 95% of United fans who just didn't like his tenure there. So there's that. Then we have the large contingent of Milan fans, Juve fans, Barcelona fans, anybody who's just been affected by Mourinho in the past. Then on top of that, there's people who just don't like his demeanor. So he's the most, probably the most hated and also the mm-hmm. most loved manager in football. Yeah. Let me ask you, okay, let me ask start with this. Does Harry Kane leave this summer? Yes or no? No. Does he ever leave Tottenham? Yes. But not this summer. I think that next season is going to be his last season for Spurs. Really, the only way to improve Spurs is probably to sell Kane and then use that money and reinvest it in the team. But they wouldn't do that because they would want to win with Kane or think Kane is so valuable to a team that wins that you wouldn't sell him. Just find the money from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Barcelona and Messi. Like the best way to improve Barcelona is probably at this point to pull the trigger a season or two early. Take that money and invest it in the team. Take those wages, invest it in the team. But Messi is so valuable to what Barcelona do, that doesn't even come into your thinking. You do everything you can to try to keep him. So that's where we are, I think, with Spurs. But this is a long segment. Um, Liverpool Villa. Do we now change our view on Trent because he scored the winning goal? No, we don't. I don't think I've ever publicly stated any hard views on Trent Alexander-Arnold as a footballer. I mean, you do this way more often than I do. I basically have like an hour or two a week to talk about football. You talk about football like for 10 hours a week. So mm. <laughs> maybe more. So I'm sure you have thoughts on uh, on Trent. I've always just seen Trent as a midfielder that they put as a right back. Mm. When he was developing as a kid, he was a midfielder. I think the reason he wears 66 is because he probably wanted to wear number six for Liverpool. And that's, you know, that's a midfielder's number. It's not a right back's number. Mm. Um, so I've always just seen him as somebody who's, he's not a good defender, but the things that you do get, whether it's pace, whether it's the crossing, whether it's the uh, set piece things. Passing. Yeah. Those are all things that you would get from a midfielder. And I've, I think I've seen rumors that next season, they want to move him to in, into midfield. Um, I'm not sure how reliable, the tweets that you see are but um yeah i've always just seen him as that so him being touted as like one of the best right backs i, I think like don't you need to be able to defend in order to do that yeah so the goal that he scored that's a goal i think that a, 
a top technical midfielder probably should be able to put away. I don't know how good he would be as a as a central midfielder. So I don't know if I can call him top, but the job that Klopp has gotten him to do over the past two three seasons in that position, that not being his natural position, pretty good coaching job. How good would he be in a system where he actually had to defend? Maybe we'll find out with England if they choose to play him there. Um, Chelsea Palace, four one. Is getting the best out of Havertz worth stalling Abraham's development from Black Emoji? Okay, so if I could contextualize this this question. Ooh, so this was a big one. Chelsea are playing without a striker, without a recognized number nine. So there's mm-hmm. no Giroud in the team, there's no Abraham in the team, and those are the main two. He even he had Werner on the bench. I don't know if he was injured or what, but he didn't even He's play. He's saving him for Porto. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sick, man. So Chelsea with no striker. How do you feel about that? And then maybe that could help answer the Havertz question. Not good. I've said this again. I sound like a broken record, but I will say it again for this Talking Tactics podcast. Only two teams should be allowed to play the false nine. Barcelona and Peak Spain. Sorry. The only only two teams that should be allowed to play the false nine. Spain team from 08 to 2012 and Barca with Messi. If you don't have guys with excellent passing ability, excellent football and passing IQ with superb movements, the false nine cannot work to the best of its ability. Now, it may work in a game against Palace, it's probably not going to work in the Champions League game against an, an FC Porto and a team who knows how to defend. There is like a murder of crows outside. A what? Five, six, seven crows just outside right now. I have never heard that term before. So a murder is like what, more than five or more than four? You know how like a fish is like a school of fish? Yeah, I've heard of school of fish, yeah. And like a flock of geese. Yeah. When crows get together, it's called a murder. As in M-U-R-D-E-R. Yeah, like a killing. What? I don't know why it's called that. But I'm just Yeah, I've, I've never heard of that. Well, you know, how often do you see a group of crows? I'm sorry. Anyway. Now, 10% of teams should have a striker. And it is not helping Shell. I think Tuchel, this is where you have to be a responsible manager. He has lots of great ideas. And you can definitely see that, you know, when he's been interviewed and when he talks, he's a guy that is brimming with concepts and strategies to the brim. Cool. But you're here to win and you're here to be effective. Now, you can go and shop for a strike in the summer. But for now, where you have to try and get top four and try to win a Champions League, you need to choose a striker and stick to a striker. So I'll say it again. Havertz is not a striker. Okay. He can choose it's, the wrong decision, have hope. Like, uh, yeah, it's... yeah. And 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 he's made the and I'll tell you that he's made the wrong decision. So Kai Havertz is a guy who nah, these birds are would make around. let me close the blinds. I'm sorry. Is that what what's also called? Kai Havertz is um a dude who would work well as like a support striker. I think Tuchel is looking at it like I don't have a real striker here. Giroud is too slow. He can't press like I want him to. How, however much the qualities are, not good enough. Abraham has the qualities of pressing, but his finishing is trash. At least Havertz, I know he's giving me technique. He's giving me the pressing ability. He's giving me all this, all that. And Stupid. maybe they. Stupid. So the best of a bad situation, I think, is probably how Tuchel nah, sees it. No, 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 no. I would say me, play Abraham. But my thing, yeah, no, like my thing, whether it's Abraham or Giroud pick one, and have Havertz play with them. Havertz has been given a striker role. It's far too much pressure on him because 
to be played as to, to be the role of a striker, you need to know how to play that role. Not everyone can play the role because that role requires particular characteristics and a particular understanding of how that role works. Mm. Back, can you play with your back to goal? Do you understand movement? Do you understand when to move to the near post? Um, do you understand how to crap the ball and link in play? Do you understand how to play with the restricted space? Do you know do you understand how to, how to go wide, how how to go in? Do you know how, how to roll off a defender, pop off a ball and run into the channel? So there are so many things that Papa Drogba can tell you and say, look, you want to be a striker? You need to know all these different things, <laughs> you know, because it's a very difficult position to play, you know? So, West Ham against Leicester. Do we need to discuss Jesse Lingard? Jay Links. Jay Links is balling. At this rate, he'll make the Euro team ahead of Sancho or Grealish or somebody else that uh, Southgate doesn't like. What what that win did for West Ham, not even West Ham, for the whole table, is it condensed and brought closer the teams to Leicester. So if Leicester was, I'm not exactly sure, but we know that Chelsea won, Liverpool won, West Ham won. Something tells me that maybe at the end of the day, Chelsea and Liverpool end up coming third and fourth. I mean, that would that... be ideal for Champions League and things like that. But mm. Something tells me that Leicester will, will miss out. I and I think talk... West Ham could just be the source of the surprise package. I wanted to ask package. you this yesterday when mm-hmm. I was watching the game. Do we blame Rodgers or can we give him credit? And I'll hopefully frame this correctly. It's easy to give Rodgers blame because your team gets into good positions over the course of a season, and then it seems as if the last 10 games, they collapse. So mm-hmm. obviously the most obvious one was Liverpool. I think that's probably the most egregious mm-hmm. given the context of how that season went. Last season, last season was bad, but it is Leicester at the end of the day. Nobody has Leicester in their top four to start the season. People... I, I went back and I looked yesterday afternoon at like, you know how the BBC has all of their uh, match of the day people and their mm-hmm. journalists and whatnot. They give their top four. There was like 25 top fours. So that's 25 times four is 100 teams. I think it was 25. If it wasn't, it was in that neighborhood. So we'll say there was around 100 teams given in people's top four. Leicester didn't appear once. Not one person had them in the top four. It was either City Chelsea, United, Arsenal, or Spurs. Am I missing a team? City, Liverpool, United, Arsenal, Spurs. Mm. Maybe someone had Tottenham? I don't know, but there were, Leicester City wasn't there. So for Rodgers to have this team in and around top four for two seasons is a credit to him. But how the season goes, that he overachieves and then ruins the overachievement. And then because he ruins the overachievement, we call him a flop. But at the end of the day, this is a great coaching job to be with eight games left. You're ahead of Mourinho. You're ahead of Klopp. You're ahead of Lampard and Tuchel. I say all that to say I'm confused about Rodgers and whether Mm. or not to blame him. Or do I give you credit that you're in a position for me to think you're flopping? You you have to do both. You have to do both because because I I, I I hate saying that because I like to choose one, but you have to do both here. Leicester City shouldn't be top four because Chelsea have a better squad, Liverpool have a better squad, Tottenham have a better squad. 
So the fact that they actually had a Chelsea, Liverpool, and Tottenham, I still think they're overachieving. Arsenal as much as you better team in there, ninth yeah. or tenth. So as 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 much as you are overachieving, I can still clown you <laughs> if you are in a strong position and you can't maintain that strong position. You're in that strong position. You've made it there. Stay there. So do you have to be able to find it in yourself to just squeeze out and eke out this reason? I think what what it is is. What may have worked for you for the first 20 games may not be working for you now. Players are tired. Maybe they're losing concentration. So you need to re-motivate them and tweak your system just to get these wins. Because it's not about how you win. It's whether you win. So <laughs> you just have to just get these wins. So may not be in the normal Leicester City with that, that you normally get them. But you just have to just drill into these guys and look, guys, get this win because we need to achieve this goal that we worked so hard for most of the season. So, Because if they don't get top four, that would be another huge disappointment because they've been so good. They've been so good for, for so long. Is it so, more disappointing than flopping? It's still flopping. Because, for instance, let's say you have a marathon race. And this is like the, the final lap when they finally come into the stadium. And this guy, he's not... This guy, I don't know, he's from what's like... He's from like um, Sweden or like Norway. And this guy's like, yo, wait, 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 where's my Kenyan Ethiopian homie, man? No, but this good long distance, bro. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like, like our East African brothers, man. Cross-country so, skiing. So, yeah, there we go. So, <laughs> this Norwegian brother is like, whoa, this guy is like, he's, he's literally there, he's a few yards away. And then he just doesn't manage to go through. And then my Ethiopian Kenyan brother just manages to, to beat him. Now, you may say that, hey, look. The Kenyan Ethiopian guy was always going to win because they, they're just better. But at the same time, I'm like, you were so close. That's okay. No, this you is were dramatic. so close. You made it. You made it overly dramatic because you said winning. Okay, this is like Man City is the Kenyan, Man United is the Ethiopian. Now we're like, okay, who's getting the bronze medal? And it's a white dude from Canada who has no business <laughs> being there. But then there's like a pack of other Kenyans that are hmm. chasing him. That the Canadian dude was in third was impressive, but I don't expect you to win or even get on the medal stand. Why not? So him getting no, no, fifth, no. sixth, seventh, that's you still cool. Flopped. You still flopped. Nah, you still flopped. You still flopped. It's a relative flop. It's like, yeah, he flopped. I mean, he, he, mm. he could have got bronze, but he shouldn't have, and he didn't, so I'm fine. Could, should, would. No, I don't no, know no. what's okay, okay, okay. Put it this way. If you, if let's say come the end of the season... <laughs> Leicester City end up fifth, they'll be disappointed. If you told Leicester City at the beginning of the season you would finish fifth, they'd be like, oh, after Chelsea spend all that money, oh, that's actually pretty good. But if they finish fifth from now, they'll, they'd feel crap. They'd be like, oh my God, we should have finished top four based on how well that we, that we played. Mm. We flopped all because right. we not that we had it here, but, but we, let, we, we let it slip. So somebody asked us about top four. So... If you had to give it now, who's your top four? City, United, Liverpool, and Chelsea better make fourth. That's what I'm saying. Final final answer. City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool is what I'm gonna say. And then I think Tottenham probably get fifth. What if what if West Ham actually do it <laughs> come top four? <laughs> Jesse Lingard for Ballon d'Or. Okay. I didn't think it would take this long, but we're here. Classical. This is similar to Rogers. And I can't decide. Is Vinicius bad or is Vinicius good? 
Let me. I was gonna answer that. Let question. me land. I know. Let me land. For the longest time, Pedro was the perfect example for this. Are you the best worst footballer, or are you the worst best footballer? It sounds like the same thing, but it's not. Mm. I think Vinicius has overtaken him in my estimation. I can't decide if he's the best worst footballer or if he's the worst best one. I think he's the worst best one, but again, I can't decide. He's neither. Vinicius is a very talented younger player who just needs to be coached and refined. Simple. So Vinicius isn't Pedro. Pedro was, okay, yeah, is he worst, best, best, worst, whatever that thing? Vinicius is like, no, no, no. This guy, he is a talented player. And yeah, this guy is Brazilian. But someone just needs to just take him for a month and just train him. And just say, look, clean this up, <laughs> decision-making, movements, composure, timing, knowledge, awareness, and just walk with him, and then you will have an extremely good player. Because you can see that, oh, no, no. Because the thing with Vinicius is he's a disruptor. He's a disruptor. And you can see that the ability is there, but the ability needs to be harnessed and just needs to be refined and cleaned up. So that's why I say you have good Vinny and bad Vinny. But the thing about bad Vinny, <laughs> bad Vinny can still help you win a game because bad Vinny showed up in El Clasico and they still won. So even when bad Vinny shows up, he still is disrupting and creating things and creating safe situations because he's a guy that is making things happen and is trying to force the issue and he fiercely keeps on going. Because if you have good Vinny, my gosh, this is a very dangerous player to have. Because I thought this guy, no, this guy's a brick, useless crap. But as I was looking at my mouse, I went, no, 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 actually, wait a minute. Okay, yes, he has crap games. He can give you crap games, but no, no, no. Because people forget that. Wait, how old is this dude? 21. He's he's 20. He is he's gonna be 21 this July. He is only 20. If you look at last season. Vinicius was a very big part of Real Madrid winning La Liga last season. So, I'm just keeping it a stack. Was that right last last week? That was. Never bet against Zizou. Hmm. I, I listened back last week, or at least I listened back to that part, and I realized I didn't give him enough credit. I made it seem like it was all just kind of like this mystical, magical thing that he even he has no control over. I think we've exhausted that point. <laughs> Meaning it doesn't make sense anymore to think the guy can't be this lucky. There must be some skill, something he's actually doing constructively to help this thing move. He's not just some passenger on this luck vehicle, but he does have his own sauce that kind of helps things like, you know, it's never going to crash just as long as he doesn't do anything dumb. So um yeah people pe people make it seem like i don't know man Zidane, man he's just blessed by god and i don't know everything he does touches to turns to gold or whatever it is but uh, i think he has some alchemy of his own that he has to be sprinkling in there whether it's tactical switches or the substitutions that he does like i think we've noticed that for a long time um that uh you know whenever he makes a change it does seem to kind of work mm -hmm. that's not Oh man, the spirits just made the chains work. Like, no, he saw something and he changed it. 
Give him his credits, and, man. Give, yeah, you give gotta, the man his credit. You have to give him his credit. Like no, but 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 do, do you know what? This, at this, the this, beginning, this, it was just so weird. But but now that issue. he's had the job for five years, you can't not learn and improve and mature. People generally don't like Real Madrid, so let's just start there. They just don't. People just don't like Real. They, they like the ops in football. Real Madrid. Barcelona has always been. Like the team that a football fan likes. And I think Ronaldinho did a lot to popularize them. And Rivaldo and Ronaldo to a degree. But Dinho was a big reason why people just loved Barcelona. So, yeah, that's like my second thingy thingy team. So, people always wanted to push the narrative that that was the greatest ever football side we've seen. Club side, which is the Pep Barcelona team. And they wanted just to push that forth. And people still say that, no, that, no that's one of the greatest football sides ever. Based on how they played and so on and so forth. It's never sat well with people that Real Madrid won three championships in a row and Zidane was the manager in all those three victories. So people were just thinking that, no, there has to, this doesn't make sense. How does how is a guy, one of the greatest players of all time, literally just waltz into a job and wins three championships in a row? It has to be Juju or White Magic. It has to be. But what I try to explain to people is that once is an anomaly, two coincidence three is a pattern when you do it three times in a row like i don't want to hear anything about fluke lock magic now this this guy obviously has a special touch with his team because this is the champions league you can't fluke your way to three champions leagues in a row that's that's idiotic too that that's asinine to think that way you, know <laughs> you can't do you know, yeah. do you know what's more instructive though i don't think you can ever fluke your way into a league Especially no. not one of the top leagues, La Liga, Serie A, no. Premier League. Those aren't flukes. Leicester winning the Premier League was strange, but you can't say that Ranieri fluked the Premier no, League. No, like, no, 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 you can't. There you were can't. constructive four-four-two things that he did over the course of that season that got them the points to win. You the can't, league. you can't fluke. There are too many you games. You cannot fluke. So it's, it's last, too many games. last season, that's maybe when I started putting the the, the juju stuff away. Like it's always going to be there for me, just because it's fun to talk about, and I think mm. people get a giggle. But um, you can't win a league by accident, and they did without Cristiano, which mm. a lot of people uh, they won the three Champions Leagues because they had peak Modric, peak uh, Ronaldo, peak Benzema, peak you know name whomever it is. It's one of the greatest assembled teams ever. But last season, Marcelo wasn't. At his best, there's no Ronaldo. Uh, Modric, people were calling finished for a portion of the season. You know, obviously the the Vinicius point that you brought up where he was helping, you know, got Rodrigo and actually. No, 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 no. Give him his credit, Daniel. Give him his credit. Oh, he's saying that Simeone flukes 2014. No, no, no. I was going to think about our homie, you know, Setetienne. <laughs> if you were gonna win a league, you would win it when Barcelona had Saint Etienne, right? <laughs> and what's the homie, Bartomeu? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, but you know, let's not even mention that. We we can give Zidane his credit without mentioning uh, that team. So, one last thing about this game: it was a really good game. I enjoyed it. Benzema's goal was incredible. Um, Vinicius, even though he struggled, he did win Kroos' free kick. One thing I wanted to mention, though. The rain. That was crazy. Did you see, did you see when they zoomed in on Messi? And he, oh. like, right, right before he switched shirts, 
Like he was shivering and quaking. And oh. I thought, so that's like, why I so wonder was because we said, oh man, where's his children? I was like, wait, are you that bro, obsessed with Messi like, that's your... I, I, I was like, is he sick? Is he okay? Is he going to faint? But I guess it was just the wind com- combined with the rain. Obviously, that's going to make you really, really cold. Mm. I was thinking, would a would an athletic hoodie make sense? What do you mean? I mean, like a football jersey that's like a hoodie. Well, you mean to, 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 to keep guys warm? Yeah. Why do they have to be out there? Like, is there a law that says you must wear T-shirts? Think about this. Like, in the PSG uh, Bayern game, those guys were out there in the snow in April. I don't know why it's snowing in April in Munich, but fair enough. They're out there in the snow. Now, this game, they're out there in the rain. Messi's shivering. Like, the most valuable asset in world football, no doubt, is out there shivering, trying to fight off pneumonia. It doesn't make sense. Get them some layers. That's what I'm thinking. So I need Nike to like improve the jersey tech and come up with some sort of lightweight athletic hoodie thing. I don't know how, exactly how it happened. I'm not a scientist, but I was looking at it and I was thinking like, why are they out there in t-shirts if it's cold? It doesn't make sense. Technology hasn't advanced to where you can't, you can't come up with the, with something. Like obviously it wouldn't be like clothy because you know obviously they're gonna sweat and that wouldn't that wouldn't work. But there's got to be something you can do. So you want football players to start wearing hoodies? Not a hoodie. That's just the best word I could come up with. Oh, I, I, could, I could share this picture with you. Florence Griffiths Joyner. Do you remember her? Flo Jo? Nope. Really? She designed this herself, by the way. Like, oh, she was, cool. You know, so she was the fastest woman, 100 meters, 200 meters. Footballers can't wear something like this? Personal it taste. Would, like it, you, it, it, would, you, it would be weird, man. No, no, no. You, the, the players decide if they want to put the hood on. It's a hood. You don't have to wear the hood. Mm. But like the athletic track wear, it could work. Like you just gotta make it rainproof, waterproof, whatever. Mm. Like obviously this is this was like super skin tight because you're trying to have aerodynamicity for like track speed. But like this idea, I think it could work. So I was just I was looking at Messi shivering. I don't know. We need to come up with something. Not we, but like Nike, Adidas. Yeah. Put somebody on it. It might not even reach a stage where you release it. And maybe they've already tried this and thought, as ah, it's not worth it. But no, but the, the, the issue, though, is that, first of all, because I mean, I mean, because you talked about the whole weather thing. Bro, I think global, I don't know whether it's global warming, global cooling, man. It's weird. Like, the weather in England has been weird for April. And I'm looking at how it's, why, the, why is it snowing in Munich? Why is it freaking slitting in freaking Spain in April? If you talk to an auntie on, on WhatsApp. It's, it's the last days, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> when the end times. What's rude, man? This, this is it, man. <laughs> All right. Um, Let's start repenting those sins. Yeah, we, we've got a few things left. Atleti obviously drew a bet this one. One, La Liga table is quite tight. I think there's a six-point gap between Atleti and Sevilla, who are in fourth, um, who won today in dramatic style. I think they had to come back like three times, or they had to win the game three times, something like that. Um, but we can leave. We can leave Spain for for now. Italy, you may be Napoli. Oh, you wanted to mention? No, 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 no. no. I mean, okay. Um, in well, Italy, well, well, I just wanted to say that you know, Atleti are going to bottle La, La Liga, so no, we and, and we can just we can we can that's obvious. We can say that next. Time. <laughs> um, in Italy, Juventus beat Napoli. Um, obviously, people weren't watching that one probably because it happened during the Champions League. But, uh, you know, 2-1, 
So they got those points. They also beat Genoa in the week or on the weekend. So there you go. Juve got six and six. We were asking, will they make top four? Is it a chance that they might not get top four? I think they've answered those questions. Um, I saw a quote from Antonio Conte who said, you know, some people have wished ill will on me. <laughs> I was Wait, like, is, hey, it, is it like a rapper or something? It's me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it, was, it was me. It was me, Antonio. I did. And uh, kind of, I kind of still do. But I want to make it clear. On a footballing level, I don't have any ill will against Conte. As a matter of fact, his personal pettiness, I actually admire and appreciate. It's just, I don't like it. And I don't know how to square those two things, but I, I have it's a, it's a begrudging respect of like, you sue a club for, <laughs> you know you can only get like 60, 70K, so it's not even really worth it, but you do it out of principle. <laughs> like, I respect a man that sticks with his principles yeah, that yeah, much. No, you have to, but you the have fact to. that he did it, it's like, come on, bro. <laughs> and people are like, oh, it's a Chelsea thing. It's not about Chelsea. It's just like the, the make of the man. I just, I, I'm not a fan of him. But the principles, I can respect in some way. Um, all right, so that's Italy. We can we can leave Italy maybe for later as well. Um, Raiola came out and said that the... I was going to call them Bayern. Raiola came out and said that the Dortmund board wants to keep Haaland. Which makes me think, if Dortmund who are fifth or sixth in Bundesliga right now, don't get the Champions League, is that plausible? That they could keep him? Obviously, again, he's under contract. They don't have to sell him. But Haaland will do any and everything, probably, to get out of playing Europa League. For sure. So, um, and, and also, well, Dortmund, you can sell him for more this summer than next summer. Do you know what I think? I think it's posturing. I think they know is going to go to the press. I think they know what's happening, and they want the stance that we are not selling because that drives the price. If everybody knows Dortmund are trying to sell, the price goes down. So if you can make a cool 30 by just public perception, why not? So tell Raiola, ah, we're, we're not trying to sell. He's under contract. He's our player. He's going to stay. Raiola then goes to the media because he can't help himself. Nah, Dortmund are saying this. Dortmund are saying that. So if you're Chelsea, if you're Madrid, if you're Barca, you're thinking, well, we might have to go in with a bigger bid. You put one in, lowball them. Now we're keeping them. Now we're keeping them. And then finally, that's the price we wanted the whole time. Now Haaland is holding up the Man City jersey. So maybe that's what it is. Because, again, isn't there a clause that if he stays past next season, it's like 70 or whatever. So mm. I think you're right on that one. Um, one peculiar thing that we haven't talked about. In a in a while, uh, maybe ever, Schalke. They're going to be relegated from Bundesliga. Do you have any thoughts about this? Uh, about the state of Schalke going to well, <laughs> Bundesliga two. I mean, I think it's it's quite sad when you think of the players that these guys yielded. So these guys gave us Neuer, Sane. Did they give us Ozil or was he Werder Bremen? Neuer, Ozil, Draxler, no, no, no. Was, Sané. Well, was Ozil from Schalke or from Werder Bremen? Let us go to the wiki. Mm. He's both. He was from the Schalke U system and played there for two seasons. Oh, then okay. he went to Werder Bremen 
and from Bremen he went to Madrid. So he he is a Schalke guy, but he he spent more time with Bremen. But he was in their youth academy, so he's he counts. Manuel Neuer, Ozil, Sané, Julian Draxler, mm-hmm, yeah, Winston McKinney. I think Joel Matip came from their academy. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Can you? Wait, I, I, I need to read this out. So, Schalke have played twenty-eight games. They've won twice, drawn seven times, <laughs> lost nineteen times. <laughs> they, they have, have they have they scored. They've scored eighteen goals. <laughs> they have conceded seventy-one. <laughs> they have a goal difference of minus fifty-three. This is and they this, have 13 points. The team is, in 17th, the team team in 17th have a have conceded 50 goals and a goal difference of minus 23. This is this is Bundesliga tax. Do you remember the goal that Haaland scored? The one with with like a crazy finish assist from Jaden Sancho. That was against Schalke. You look at it and you think, "Ah, it's Schalke. Schalke's good." No. No. They have a goal difference of negative 53. That's sick. That, Schalke, that Schalke, mind you, like big time Schalke, Champions League, not a, not not too long ago, Schalke. So yeah, I looked at the table. I was just like, Schalke are gonna get relegated? What, thirteen points? Huh? That's 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 sick, man. Wow, that's sick. And then I, you think of the players again, like Neuer, Ozil. Like obviously Ozil probably couldn't help them in twenty twenty one, but Neuer definitely, Drexler definitely, Sane definitely. Um, I don't know, man. McKinney, definitely. So, <sighs> the Schalke are, are one of the teams you could do that with where you're just looking like, oh, if this player had stayed, if that player had stayed. Saint-Étienne in France are another one that if like if those players stayed, that'd be a crazy team. Wait, 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 wait what? The team or the manager? Saint-Étienne. <laughs> <laughs> in France, in France, in France. That's like Obama-Yang, Zuma... Payet, I think there's like a bunch um, that, that that came from. That no, game. no, no, no. But Schalke, no, it's it's bad, man. It's yeah, bad. And it's, I think it's 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 the harshness of modern football where you can develop all these you, all these players. Once enough of them leave and you can't replace them, you're screwed. I mean, so. they, they need to find something. And and and, and this was because because obviously the Roar Derby is one of the big derbies in Germany between Schalke and Dortmund, so. That's ending. Maybe maybe the the poco balls will be you know hot and cold or something to get that back. All right, last thing, France. I wanted to bring this up. Obviously, PSG beat Strasbourg four uh, one. That's cool. Neymar didn't play. I guess they're trying to save him for Champions League. Makes sense. Um, this this goes to the Euros. If the Euros happened last season, Memphis Depay doesn't play for Netherlands. Mm. But this summer. Knock on wood. He's fit. He plays. Uh, Lyon beat Angers 3-0. Depay scored twice. I watched most of the game, some highlights. Um, I would think Memphis could be in line for a really good summer. I don't know why I feel that, but I just want to put that out there. I think Memphis Depay... Could do some big things at the Euros. I'm who's thinking the, like I'm thinking like semi-finals, final. Who's the and manager like, of the Netherlands? It doesn't matter. Can, seven different seven, seven games. Can, can, can you answer the defeat. question? No, no. <laughs> who's the manager of, of Netherlands? You see, 
I would have agreed with you if it was Kuman still. Seven games, seven defeats, zero goals. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jose. Thank you, Jose. The the Pine and the Netherlands are doing nothing under that failure of a, of a manager. Man. <laughs> I can't so. believe they gave for the team. All right. Uh, somebody wants to know who our top five candidates for Ballon d'Or are. I think this was Jacks three six five. So, who who are our candidates for Ballon d'Or right now? It's like Lingards, Mount. <laughs> Imagine if those guys actually end up being on that on that short list. I'd be like, okay, where where no, has football I, I, gotten to? But... The the realistic candidates I think are Benzema, Haaland, Haaland, Lewandowski. Um, Do you say Mbappe? Kimmich? Joshua Kimmich? You can say Joshua Kimmich? I think Mbappe will make it. I'm not sure about Kimmich. Um, Or Kimmich. Who would be our fifth guy? Let's see what City do, but you could say, okay, Gunnogan. Messi. They'll put Messi there. They might even put Ronaldo there. Shit. You know how this works. Just because yeah. just, just because they don't deserve it doesn't mean they won't get it. Yeah, true, true. true. <laughs> but but for me, I think Benzema Lewandowski should win based on the fact that they robbed him of one last year. He's been good enough these two seasons to just average them together and give it to him. But for me, I think Kareem Benzema's been Benzema. No, but no, Benzema is probably the best player in the world right now based on on, on form. All right, quick so. quick Champions League predictions. Chelsea are up two 0 over Porto. What do you think? Porto win two one. Damn, but Chelsea, Chelsea or semis, semis yep. minimum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were just twelve months off, bro. It was just twelve months. You know? Whoa, it's not done yet, man. Relax, it ain't done yet. Chelsea can still screw this up, but trust me. PSG buying buying a down three two a goal. Um, yeah, I think same scoreline. No, it's dependence. If Goretzka plays. Bayern win 2 1. If Goretzka doesn't. An- Goretzka's another player that was a Schalke player that they let go for free. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he was another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they had a, a, a good season with them, man. Yeah. Look, Schalke are screwed. There's a reason why they're down there. They let look, so many players. K- Kolasinac was another one they let go for free. Look, look, and he was like uh, left back, left wing back of the season or something like that. So, Bayern, look, look. They're getting really, really gated, man. What, what, what more, more can we say? But they, they, they won their last game. I'm just saying, like, Schalke getting relegated is would be like maybe not Arsenal, like Everton, maybe. Which players did Everton give the world? <laughs> Lukaku. Is, so, or, or, or maybe, it's, or maybe it's like Ajax getting relegated. Re- yeah, Ajax will never get relegated though. Or severe. What players did Everton give the world? <laughs> um, so, because look, Bayern against Iggy, my thing is if Gretzka plays, Bayern win 2 1. If Gretzka doesn't play, 1 1. Kone, Yelovich, so. Yakubu. <laughs> if Gretzka plays, Gretzka, if Gretzka plays, <laughs> if Gretzka plays, if Gretzka plays, Bayern win 2 1. <laughs> if Gretzka doesn't play, 1 1. Phil Jack Yoko? <laughs> the names of Everton. You, you can keep reeling off these these names. And I'll, Steve, and I'll give keep in mind my prediction. Pino. I don't want to say it, man. <laughs> Steven Pino. Yo, the Pinar Baines link up in like 2011, I think 
Or maybe 2012. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. All right. Give me a break, man. <laughs> Dortmund City. I don't even... We know that. All right. Liverpool. <laughs> are we just going to disrespect Dortmund? Like that? Yeah. Yes. Yes, we are. Yes. Move on. <laughs> Move. Liverpool, Madrid. Madrid up 3-1. Is there do any you, hope? Do you want to... Do, do, My dear friend, hope. I'm telling you right now. So this is why things going to happen. There's going to be a sending off. Madrid are going to get a man sense off. Casemiro be... got his red card already. I think he's going to be on... Nah, nah. There's going to be a controversial call. Real will get a guy sense off. Liverpool will be up 3-1 after 90 minutes, playing with one man up. And um, Liverpool win on penalties. That's not happening to Zidane. I refuse to believe it. Okay. <laughs> I think... Okay, my turn. I think Chelsea go through... I think PSG go through, I think City go through, and I think Madrid go through. So I think the winners from the first legs... Actually, the, the chances of that happening, Daniel, that the first leg winners all go through, that can't be real. There's gonna, It's the Champions League. Something has to happen. So I need, yeah. to find, I need to find the twist. PSG can't be LSG again. <laughs> but also like that's tough from, I don't they've, know. they've never been LSG with, with Neymar on the pitch the, the, these are the facts of life Do you they've know never been LSG with Neymar on the pitch okay I, I, I know what it is I know what it is it's Chelsea go through it's PSG go through it's Madrid go through and it's Dortmund to go through that must be the twist. That has You're having to be a laugh. Twist. You're having a laugh. It has You're to be the twist. I don't, Daniel, I don't give a freak. Pep wouldn't stay. <laughs> it has to be. Pep wouldn't That's stay. the only thing that makes sense. Daniel, I don't give a crap. If there's going to be a twist, sense. that has to be the twist. Daniel, I don't care. I don't care. Pep wouldn't stay. Bayern is too obvious. And it's the Champions League. Man City are playing the semi. Bayern or PSG, take your pick. Man City are in that. If there's going to be a twist, even if it isn't really a twist... Bayern could beat PSG. Why can't LSG show up? <laughs> Why not? They did lose to United in Paris. Land Liddy. Land Liddy. No, man. Lep Lardio. <laughs> it can happen. <laughs> we've, we've had our lap streams. Enough. <laughs> All right. This has been Locking Lactics. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, All the Talking Tactics. Follow us on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. It's free. Half up. Where can people find you? Halfoffootballhot.com. I'm at Daniel to look. Uh, remember to check us out on Patreon as well. All right. Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. See you guys next week. Stay safe. Love. I heard, I heard stuff's opening. Yes. You can now drink beer outside. Ooh. Sports Social Podcast Network.